Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Marts and Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perception of time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime with your host of the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. Welcome everybody to the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is episode number 103. And my guests this week are the podcasting duo known as Blondie and the Brit. And uh, more specifically, Blondie and the Brit are comprised of authors K.J. Waters and Suzanne Kalman. K.J. is the author of a novel called Stealing Time. And Suzanne is the author of a novel called The Rejected Writers Book Club. K.J. and Suzanne were gracious enough to have me as a guest on their podcast, Blondie and the Brit. And uh, what we ended up doing is we ended up having uh, an epic three-hour-long conversation. The idea behind it was, so long as uh, the three of us, so long as we were all podcasters, we would uh, we would basically pull double duty and record an episode for their show and an episode for for my show. And so what uh, what I'm going to play for you uh, this week is my conversation, my half of the conversation anyway, with with Blondie and the Brit that we recorded specifically for the Marginal Strap Show podcast hour. You can go, you can go to Blondie and the Brits. Uh, you can go to their website and you can, uh, and you can listen to, uh, to my episode of Blondie and the Brit. I say their website, they do have a website, but you can also catch the show on iTunes. In fact, while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to their show because, uh, you know, it's a, especially, it's a show that focuses on uh, writing and publishing and so, especially if you are somebody who enjoys writing and you enjoy publishing, or at the very least, you're somebody who uh, you're you're actively engaged in learning about writing and publishing, then Blondie and the Brit, it's definitely a show that, uh, that you're going to want to check out. And uh, my episode in particular, if you're looking for it, it's episode number 17 of Blondie and the Brit, and it's called Bermuda or Gotham City. And uh, what... What in the hell does that title mean? Well, it does mean something. It actually does have a very specific reference to, to the episode, and you're just going to have to listen to it to find out. Um, one thing that Blondie and the Brit do uh, for, the, uh, for the purposes of time is they, they, uh, they, they, they keep the show roughly to about a half hour. Uh, my episode, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, ended up being somewhere in the 40-minute uh, the mark. But we talked for longer than that. We talked for, uh, well, we talked for over an hour. We probably talked for really close to an hour and 15 minutes. And so uh, with with their permission, with the permission of KJ and Suzanne, what I'm going to do next week on episode 104 is I'm going to share the uh, the extended version, the extended unedited version of my conversation uh, with Blondie and the Brit, specifically on their episode. That's my phone ringing. I don't know if you can hear my phone ringing, so uh, give me a second to stop the ringing, and then I'll keep talking to you. All right. Let's uh, stop that nonsense. All right. Uh, where was I? 
Oh, right. I was telling you about uh, my, my appearance on Blinding the Brit. So next week on episode 104, uh, I'll share my my, uh, my conversation on, on their episode. Until then, until uh, next week when episode 104 goes up, uh, go ahead and uh, go 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 check out Blondie and the Brit and check out episode seventeen. Uh, check out the um, uh, the the you know the forty minute version of our conversation. It's still very entertaining. You'll still enjoy it. And then uh, then once you hear that, and you're thinking to yourself, "Gosh, that was fun. I would like more of that." Well, next week on episode one hundred four, that's exactly what you'll get. You'll get more. Uh, now, as I mentioned just uh, just a minute or so ago. Uh, KJ and Suzanne, they are authors. KJ is the author of a book called Stealing Time. Suzanne is the author of a book called The Rejected Writers Book Club. Both of those books are available on Amazon.com. And so uh, I would I would recommend you go to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of, of each of those books to add to your bookshelf. But before you do, please go to the official website of this podcast, which you'll find at martinlestrapsshow.com. Once you get there, go to the shop page. And uh, on the shop page, you're going to see an Amazon banner. Click on that banner. It's going to take you to Amazon. Once you get to Amazon, do all the shopping you were otherwise going to do, including getting yourself a copy of Stealing Time by K.J. Waters and The Rejected Writers Book Club by Suzanne Kalman. And because you shopped on Amazon through the official website of this podcast, Amazon in turn, they'll kick a few pennies back our way. And then we get to take those pennies reinvest the men of the show, and it allows us to make the Marginal Strap Show podcast hour as good as we can possibly make it for you, which is exactly what we strive to do week after week after week. Um, well, you know what? Uh, I, I, think, I think we're good. I think we're good here because I, 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 I had so much fun talking to KJ and Suzanne. Quite frankly, I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, I can't even get a fucking sentence out. How about that? I want to hurry up and get back to our conversation. I want to relive my conversation with KJ and Suzanne because that's how much I enjoyed it. Uh, So if all of that sounds good to you, then without further ado, uh, here are the very lovely, the very hilarious, and uh, the very wonderful Blondie and the Brit, KJ Waters, and Suzanne Kelman. Blondie and the Brit was born a poor black child. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's what you meant. Do you know what that's from? That's from The Jerk. That is from The Jerk. Lovely movie. Yes, it is. This is already getting off to a good start. Kate, <laughs> <laughs> are you thrown? Is this thrown you? Uh, <laughs> I'm just having a little fun. No, listen, that's one of my favorite movies. So by by extension, that's one of the favorite movies of the podcast. So you have already made a good impression on the on the Martinless Show podcast, podcast hour. The podcast loves us, huh? Mm-hmm. The podcast loves us. So though. far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the podcast was born deep in the recesses of my gray matter as I was uh, – Suzanne and I met on Twitter <clears throat> in 2012 and – we got along right away. It was one of those, the, the advice you gave us on our show about engaging people on Twitter, it was the perfect example. She said something nice to me, I said something nice to her, and then I was like, oh my God, you're a writer and you do all these other things. So we kind of kept in touch, and then it would be like three or four months where we wouldn't, and we'd see each other's tweets or whatever and respond. And finally got to the point where, you know, I thought she's just so much fun, and I knew she was really busy, so I didn't try to like monopolize her time or anything. But at one point, 
I had started up a business to do book covers, Blondie's custom book covers. And I, she'd, she'd come to me at one point, um, probably three or four months before that saying, Hey, you know, anyone that does inexpensive covers, la, la, la. Well, at that point I hadn't, didn't know anyone, but I created this company in the meantime. And I went back to her and said, I'm doing book covers. Are you interested? So we got to work together on the cover of her rejected writers book club. Um, we had a blast. It oh. was so much fun. <laughs> It's amazingly fun. This is the woman who, you know, we, we get on uh, FaceTime and I have her meet the actors that we picked, the, the models that I picked for the uh, the photo shoot. And, the, you know, we'd have different outfits. Would you like this? Do you like that? Or whatever. Suzanne went to the, uh, went to her little box of, of uh, acting gear and she dressed up as each character in like six <laughs> different outfits. And there's five characters. <laughs> <laughs> we should put this up. Like it's different facial poses, and it was because I was having so much fun. Oh, I got it. So she sends me this, and you know, not only am I like dying laughing, but it was an excellent way to start to get the pictures that she really wanted. So it was a great communication tool with, you know, take the actor, put her in a similar outfit with a similar expression. I'd show the picture to the person, and they could do it. So it made it a much quicker photo shoot. You figure five people we did individual individual headshots of each person and then we also did group shots of the you know we had letters throwing up in the air and cake and tea and you know it was um as as the photographer jody smyer says it was kind of a goat rope but it was (laughs) (laughs) it was a lot of fun and so we got along so well and we just kind of after that just kind of kept in touch and i think i did i had her on my blog I, i kept finding excuses to pull her into my strange life and um and then at one point, I think we did, did I, we did a Facebook party to promote our books. That's what it was last, I don't know, spring, April, something. And we thought, what a good idea. That was so much fun. We had a good time. And I thought, you know, I, I need an excuse to keep this up on a regular basis. What can I do <laughs> to keep Suzanne in my life? And so I said, we should do a podcast together because we really get along so well. And surprisingly, she said yes. Yeah, it's Are, so much fun though. That's why. <laughs> okay, so so we've on the other end. So we've got Blondie and the Brit. That was a uh, that was Blondie KJ Waters. On the other end of it, we have we have Suzanne Kellman, who's who's the Brit. Now, as with any as with any with, with any relationship, there's two sides to every story. So I'm not I'm not certain that I'm ready to believe Blondie's end of it. I, I'll take it for now because it's the only side that I have. But I, I want to give you Suzanne an opportunity to to give so to, to give your side of things. A restraining order, and I didn't know what. <laughs> this so is what I, this is this is where I was going. See, I didn't want to be the one to say because I was doing some digging around, and what I what I was sniffing was that things aren't as rosy as KJ wants to paint them as. So please, Suzanne, you tell me the yeah, real I was, dirt. I was like, this, this, you know what I got to do here is I just got to say yes. I'm gonna give in. I'm gonna give in. Okay. <laughs> you know she's absolutely right. We had so much fun, and I just thought this would be well. This is what I did, which was I. I don't do anything unless it's fun, mm-hmm. and we'd already having so much fun just hanging out, you know, every day on Twitter. That I thought, well, this will be fun, and I bet it's easy. You know, what is it? You just record it, and then you got a podcast, right? We had no idea the work that we had ahead of us. So <laughs> I guess it, looking back, if we, if I'd have known, and I'm sure the same for same for KJ, if we'd have known how much work just getting a podcast launch was, we may have said no and said no. Let's just hang out, you know, you know, drink coffee or something. But let's just interview you, and you can pretend to interview me. It's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, when you guys launched the podcast, Blondie and the Brit, you, you launched it, uh, yet you had a, a Facebook party. And, uh, and, and we talked about this uh, when, when you guys were uh, kind enough to have me a guest on your podcast. We talked about the Facebook party that you were kind of launching the, the, the show with. Uh, and I, I'd never been to a Facebook party. I had no idea how to engage. But it was, it, it was loads of fun. I and mean, once I kind of got the hang of it, it was an awful lot of fun. And then following that, I was, I was just curious, you know, ultimately how that, um, you know, uh, if, if you found that that was uh, uh, helpful or useful in terms of launching the podcast overall. I want, to use, I want to speak to doing the Facebook party because one thing I do love about KJ, and I mean, I know we're being each other's favorite friends, but we do love working out, working together. But it's like, what I love about her is she's like me in the fact that we'll go, let's do this. And then we kind of figure it out then. We never, <laughs> you know, we both jump in and then we go, we have no idea what, what she's doing. saying is that we're pantsers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to have a Facebook. Uh oh. Oh no. Do we, do we, do, uh, so we, it was so funny. You were there on that Facebook party. You don't realize I've got KJ on my iPad and we're going, oh my gosh. And like we're running back and forward. And one of us is trying to engage people. The other person is trying to get content up. It was hysterical. I mean, <laughs> it was like four hours or something. We were stupid. We did this huge long thing. And by the end of it, we're both like lying on the ground with smoke coming off. <laughs> but. Okay. But you know, for 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 my end of it, I would have had no idea because you guys <laughs> seem so prepared. Like you had, like you know, go you had this Facebook party going. You had this beautiful uh, logo for for the show. You had a title, which is like, oh, that's that's a good idea. You had a, you had somebody else you were collaborating with. You 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 went into it. I think uh, you had three episodes in the can before you got started. So for mine, I was like, wow, holy shit! I should have done what they were doing. Before, before I was trying to do my own podcast. So it's actually a little bit encouraging to hear that uh, I'm not the only one who is sort of, you know, uh, oh, trying no. to figure things out as, uh, as he goes along. But, you know, we did put, there was a lot of planning. We, we thought through exactly what we wanted to do. We got all the content ahead of time. It wasn't like we were scrambling at the last minute. It's just that it wasn't like, you know, we mm-hmm. didn't know how much work we were getting into with that party as well. I know the first party that we did. That's what Part I'm talking of, about, Cage, is that very first one. The first one we did, before the podcast launch, we did a Facebook party to burn our books. And I don't think we talked about our books at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even lying. At the end, it, we're just like, I don't think a single post went up with your book cover or my book cover. And like, we didn't even say a word because we had all these authors scheduled. And we, we had, you know, people talk to the authors and we did all the stuff. And la, 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 and gave away all their books. And I'm like, what about our crap? We just, oh, I mean, that's what happens. We did. That was a good test run, though, because then when we did the podcast, the Facebook party for the podcast. That's true. Actually, so I am lying because the, the podcast party was more organized, okay. you're right, than the very first one that we did where the smoke was coming off the bodies. That was the one where I was... <laughs> were, you guys, were you able to draw any correlation between, uh, you know, book sales and the uh, podcast uh, uh, downloads between the, 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 the Facebook parties? You might do, KJ, because you actually had uh, it going for free, right? Do you remember? Well, the the Facebook party, I don't think, helped our books at all. I think people realized that we were fun to hang out with mm-hmm. and that we also decided that maybe at some point we could sell Facebook parties because it was a success. We had all these people in there. We had, you know, I think a couple hundred people came to the party and did all these things. And 
Um, I think the authors got some play. Um, I think we didn't organize it well enough to get our stuff in, but that was a good test run because you don't realize how much time each thing takes up. Mm-hmm. There were so many different things going on, and we that second party we shortened to three hours instead of five. What we're trying to do is straddle Seattle time and London time, and that yeah, is, that's, that's very challenging, easy to do. So that was why we did the five hours, um, and I think those last two hours were just that's when the smoke started going off, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had. I had uh, a kid downstairs who was having a minor nervous breakdown because <laughs> no one was paying any attention to her. <laughs> so, to add to the fun, after the five-hour podcast, I had to grab all the pieces that had flown around the room and smack them back on her little body and turn it <laughs> <laughs> Poor little thing. But uh, I think in terms of the podcast launch, it was a great idea. And I think it probably was Suzanne's idea. I don't know. But um, to get just the build up for the show, but to have something solid at the very beginning of the launch that, you know, brought everyone together. So I do think it helped in terms of, you know, raising awareness. Even if people didn't go, they saw our banner, which is the same as the banner for the the podcast. They, you know, had the weeks ahead of time of hearing about it. So they may not have been able to go to the party or in, you know, have wanted to do that, but they did hear about the podcast. And a lot of it is name recognition. They mm-hmm. see the banner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. So there's no direct correlation, but our podcast has done really well. We're so shocked at the numbers of people that hit the feed and also uh, listens since October 1st. Yeah. And and I was going to say, like, you know, like with with the Facebook party, even if there weren't direct correlations to book sales or direct correlations with uh, with downloads, just connecting with people, uh, giving them a, a, you know, a, a you know, like a view of like you and your personality and, and just making them feel good about sort of being a part of your circle, you know, may, maybe they don't buy a book tomorrow for all, you know, they may very well buy a book a year from now and there's no way for you to connect one to the other, but it could right. be a direct connection between like, Oh, that's right. KJ, I, I, I had so much fun at her party. Let me get her a book. And you know, you, you never know what, you know, the, the most important thing is kind of planting those seeds and you don't know exactly, you know, when they're, you know, when, when they're going to grow, but it's, it's, it's all, it's all important. So that's, that's really cool. As far as the podcast goes, and I, I'd love to get both of your thoughts on this. Um, I know for me, when I was starting my podcast, one of the, uh, one of the initial struggles before I really did the first episode was trying to figure out, uh, kind of, con- you know, uh, conceptualizing the podcast. Do I need a theme? Is it a writer podcast? Is it an author podcast? Do I talk about, um, books? Do I talk about myself? Do I do interviews? Do I only talk to authors? Uh, can I can I open it up to other stuff that I'm interested in? Uh, exactly how do I how do you know you know how do I narrow this thing down? And uh, when I got into it, I was I specifically got into it as okay, I'm going to podcast as an author, and I'll talk to other authors, and that will be kind of my thing. And then the more I did it, I kind of relaxed and realized I'll just kind of talk about whatever I feel like talking about. Um, but you guys also going into it as as writers, I wonder. Uh, on the one hand, because at this as of this conversation, you're 14 episodes into it. Um, by the time this goes up, you'll have several more than that. So I kind of wonder uh, how you guys view the podcast. Do you view it as a as a as a writing and publishing podcast, or do you give yourself a certain amount of, of leeway to to get into other stuff that you just find interesting? Suzanne, so you want to address? Oh it? yeah, I was going to say. So yeah, we right from the beginning i think we wanted to be real clear that we wanted to help other authors <clears throat> you know we just felt that for both of us you know we we were talking to a number of other indie authors and we found that the indie author 
you know, the group, the internet, the group online were very supportive. And yet, and people, we were hearing different tips from different people. And we said right from the beginning, wouldn't it be great to do a podcast where we can really, you know, help people get more focused on their writing and know some of these things and figure some of this stuff out. And so actually right from the beginning, that was always our, was our concept was to, was to actually help writers write, you know, and in the, in the industry, particularly as things are changing so fast with the indie industry, the way it's just growing. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to be able to support people through that process, you know, and and also hopefully on the side, you know, sell a few books. But the, our emphasis was always to really support authors uh, through that process. So I would say that we pretty much stay to that. Wouldn't you say that, KJ? Yeah, yeah. And we've we've had, you know, it's easily to easy to get distracted by the shiny objects out there. And you know, I think we've we've had as a as a group, uh, two people making the decisions to keep each other focused on that. We're trying right now to create our brand and make a straight line of what it is so that people that are listening to it know it's not a scattered thing. So this year in particular, now that we have a little bit of an audience, is to, to stay on that. So we're trying to really look at fiction writers, um, not be pulled into, you know, there's all these other things that we could definitely do. Um, but I think in terms of the brand of the podcast, we're trying to keep it very structured and, you know, a certain path of you know, social media tips, traditional and indie authors, um, different publishing platforms, things like that. They were covering things that truly do help the authors, um, new authors that are already out there. Every podcast we've had, we are learning all this new stuff. Everyone has their own way of doing it, really. Mm-hmm. It's completely wide open. Everyone has their favorite social media piece. Everyone has their favorite, you know, way to, to publish their book and platforms and that kind of thing. So to me, it's just really fascinating to hear all that. Yeah, I think, I think that's really smart. And, and you, you're, you're talking about, you know, like, like marketing and branding, which is really, really smart stuff. But also, you're coming with the, with, with the wealth of experience yourself, KJ, because you have your master's degree in business administration. You also have uh, over 15 years of experience in the marketing field, which I, I have to imagine is amazingly helpful to have that background going into both podcasting but also writing so maybe if you if you could talk about a little bit a little bit of both for me a little bit uh podcasting but then also your your writing and publishing career how has your background with the, your your business background especially your your marketing background how has that um benefited the, the podcast as well as your your publishing oh well, that is a great question um i think the biggest thing is is to just like you were talking about on on the podcast that we recorded with you is you you set up your your website and everything about your brand. And I, you know, I did all that in my, my work life. I was the director of marketing for a healthcare company. So it's not the same thing at all. But mm-hmm. the marketing strategy is you create a cohesive brand. You, you know, everything you put out is kind of connected into that. So you're focused in um, that. I think just the experience of, of what has worked in that arena and applying it to books, um, it's the the difference about the books is like as Susanna's saying everything is changing six months ago it was completely different six months before that it was completely different so um, I, one of the things that I specialized in my job was we a startup company um, is creating something out of nothing and that's exactly what you're doing with as a book author you're creating the book you're creating the marketing plan you're creating the website you're creating all of this that goes around a little bubble around you the author 
Um, and, and the innovativeness of, you know, creating a startup company was, you know, exactly the same kind of thing. So what name are you going to use? Mm-hmm. What's the coloring of your brand? How are you going to make the visuals connect to the brand? You create a, an atmosphere of what your brand is. Ours is fun, informative author stuff. Um, so I think all of that just kind of helps everything stay cohesive. Um, when, you know, everything I put out, I try to have, you know, social media posts and all the things that I do just... Just make them look professional too, not just some guy winging it, throwing stuff out there, so that you know it's spelled right. It's you know, is going towards the purpose of the brand, et cetera. So. Yeah, yeah, because it, it's so helpful. Because I mean, speaking as an indie author myself, and having talked to so many other indie authors, it's really one of the big challenges is, is trying to figure out uh, how, to, how to market yourself. Because so many authors, they have the motivation, they have the energy, they have the want, but they're missing the the practical element of how do I plug this stuff in and do something useful and focused with it to, to be effective. So it, it's so great that you actually have, have that background. And, and Suzanne, uh, you know, being her, her podcast partner and, and her friend, it's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be a nice uh, luxury to have a buddy who does have that background, who maybe you could lean on when you know, with the, in terms of marketing and publishing your own work. Oh, totally. It is great. I mean, that's what, that's what I love about her. And, you know, we pretty much come to things in the same way. So my background really is in entertainment. So, you know, whereas, you know, this is why we make a really good team in the fact that, you know, for entertainment value, I will maybe help more out with producing or figuring out how to structure the podcast mm-hmm. in the, for the entertainment value, you know, and because that's my background. And so having that great, you know, marketing structure that she has, she brings to the couple. It's great. I mean, it's really helpful you know, in, uh, in working together. That's awesome. And yeah, and, yeah, and you talked about uh, your background in entertainment, uh, um, specifically, I mean, you're, you're an author and you published your, your first book, uh, October of 2014, I believe. Um, but before that, uh, you were primarily a, a screenwriter, if I'm not mistaken, an, uh, an award-winning screenwriter at that, yeah. um, okay. which, which is uh, terribly <laughs> exciting. And, uh, and I'll, I'll list a few awards and feel, feel free to fill in any gaps that I might miss. Uh, you won the Best Comedy Feature Screenplay Award in the 2011 Los Angeles International Film Festival. Horribly impressive. Uh, the Gold Award from the 2012 California Film Awards. The Van Gogh Award from the 2012 Amsterdam Film Festival. Uh, and, uh, and, and I know you're working on some other stuff. So even if you weren't um, an author, even if you hadn't put out a book, you still had a, a, a very a, a very good uh, screenwriting career. So I, I would yeah. love for you to spend some time talking about your screenwriting, but then also I would love to also hear, I don't even necessarily, I'm sure you didn't transition from screenwriting to book, uh, you know, to, 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 to books, because I'm sure you do both. But I wonder if there was any sort of a, a transition, or at the very least, how, how, how you balance one or the other, um, and, and really any of your thoughts on that stuff. Yeah, no, that's great. No, and you know what's interesting? I actually have one more award that was I have to mention because please it's very do, because <laughs> um, it's only it's, I just got back. I got back from LA in November. I went down because the Academy of Motion Pictures honored me with the top ten scripts in their Nichols final. They do four competitions a year. One of which is the Oscars. We all know the Oscars, and mm-hmm. another one is called Nickel Fellowship. And I actually made uh, uh, me and another writer. We we joint wrote something. Uh, made it to the top ten um, of eight thousand scripts, which was wow. kind of 
yeah, that was pretty. And I got to go to the academy and teach the gold people. You know, it was very <laughs> exciting. And that is with, amazing. On my wall, you know, that from the, you know, I got it signed by the academy chair and, you know, great people got to read it, which was really very, very exciting for me. I knew it know? was a good idea to have you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, actually what you were saying about balancing, you know, it's funny because I wrote a screenplay I was I, I was writing a stage play that ended up becoming a screenplay so I ended up falling into screenwriting and then to support my screenwriting career I decided to write a book because I had a screenwriting idea that would work better as a book mm-hmm. and it's funny how it just kind of develops like that it wasn't any kind of choice it was just one thing kind of led to another and now I kind of do both you know I work between the film industry I'm working on a couple of projects now with the film industry plus I'm also still working on my second book for my publisher so it's like it's sometimes I don't know which head I'm wearing you know but that's what I love I love (laughs) projects it works great for me you know and uh, it's been fun well what Suzanne has left out in her modesty is that the very first screenplay she ever wrote won all these awards that's amazing (laughs) Maggie the Brave, and then uh, her first book gets picked up by Amazon Publishing, like, right away. Wow. And it's like everything that she touches turns to Oscar gold. So her co-produced film, I mean, everything. So that's a, Well, in that case, put your fingerprints all over this podcast. I'll take any <laughs> positive rub I can get off of this. Totally. Shamelessly. So, I'm Shamelessly. The, I'm the lucky one, though, that I get to have Suzanne as the, the partner. Oh, you guys, you know what? This is what I say. If you're having fun, I think it's all about having fun. And I love what I do. I so enjoy what I do. And I think that just somehow bubbles out good things. You know, if you're enjoying writing, people are going to enjoy reading. And so it's all about finding the joy in that project. I talk about this a lot because I think that if you're not having fun doing it, then stop doing it. You know, Mm -hmm. find something that that you enjoy because that will just be successful. It has to be because you have so much fun. You you enjoy it and that's contagious. You know, people jump into that, you know. That's awesome. And, you know, from the outside looking in, my perspective is that, uh, well, well, first of all, uh, Blondie and the Brit, it's a a terrific podcast. I enjoy it. I think you guys are doing a, a great job. Uh, and I expect you're just going to get better and better the, the more you the more you do. Uh, recently, you had a guest, uh, Martin Lestraps. I really loved that episode. Um, he was uh, both engaging and insightful. And uh, frankly, I, if you, if you, I, I felt like you you could have extended that particular episode because I was really enjoying that. But but, but that's not. But but in all seriousness, you, I, I do enjoy the podcast, and I think part of the reason, again, from an outsider's perspective. I think part of the reason it works is that, on the one hand, uh, the two of you have of, of it's a it's a very clear chemistry, a very wonderful synergy that uh, exists, a very nice you know, symbiotic energy that happens between the two of you. But separately, you both have a lot going on. You know, so Suzanne is a uh, you know you've got the, you're a screenwriter, you're an author, uh, you're winning awards, you're you're going out and hanging out uh, with with the Academy Award folk and you know, all, all fancy like, which is amazing. Um, and you know, KJ, you've got your first book, Stealing Time. Uh, you, you've also got uh, your amazing you know uh, you know uh, business background. So separately, you guys were you know really you were doing fine. And so I, so I think that's one of the one of the great things about a good partnership is that separately you guys had a really strong foundation of what you were doing. So then when you came together, it was just a matter of you know just kind of finding uh, a really nice sort of you know, balance between you know 
uh, how to bring these two things together. And then on top of that, you have a, just, a, just a really great chemistry. So, so I, I think that was just a long-winded way of me saying, you know, good job, keep it up. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, in terms of... I think that's actually a very valid point, Martin, because, you know, I've been in other partnerships where I've done all the, all the lifting, you mm-hmm. know, the heavy lifting, and the other person's been along for the ride, and it's not as fun. You know, I mean, the reality is that KJ puts, as you know, as much effort in as I do, and it's great because, you know, I, you know, so often she'll be having a rough week or she's really busy and I'll jump in and do something and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll jump in and do some tweeting because she's having a really busy week. But it feels very even for me that we both put as much effort in. Does that feel the same for you, KJ? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and like this, I was, I was telling someone the other day, just like, you know, the the fact that I don't have to do this. I was telling you, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, like, you know, when we started, um, that there's another person that I can count on to keep this thing going. You know, I had a a little minor surgery thing and Suzanne, you know, kind of picked up and did some things. And then when she was off doing something, I've got on the website and did some other things. So I don't feel like I'm out there alone, just trying to pull this thing off. And I, you know, I, I'm sorry that you have to do it. It's all you, Martin, to do it. It's a lot. It's it's true. It's actually nice to hear you say that, but it's also nice to hear that you guys have that relationship. Because I have had, well, actually, like recently, like I uh, just very recently moved to Las Vegas, you know, my wife and I, my wife Chanel, and just that process of, you know, picking up, packing, moving to another state, getting settled, figuring things out, and then all the while trying to figure out Okay, I gotta, I gotta try to put out a podcast this week, um, but I just moved. Where's my microphone at? How do I, where, where, yeah. where, how do I set up my equipment? Um, I need to. Okay, what am I gonna, what am I gonna talk about? I've been so consumed with just trying to figure out how to get this move done uh, appropriately and practically. You know, with the, uh, you know, with 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 the, with my headset on straight. Um, I don't even know if I have anything to, to talk about. I certainly don't have a, a guest this week. And so, you know, um, or, or, you know, like very, very early on, I remember, I think it was just maybe my fourth or fifth week. And um, I forget what was wrong with me, but I know I was sick and I was just like knocked out for like a a week and whatever medication I was on, um, it was just, uh, I I think it was just Benadryl, nothing even like crazy, but I was just completely just like drained and wiped out and I could barely like sit up straight and it was like messing with my psyche and I was like, I don't even... I don't even have the the energy to to blink my eyes, let alone do a podcast. And it's I've only been doing it for four weeks. Nobody cares. Maybe I'll just stop doing the podcast. No, nobody will know what's missing. And then, whereas you know, and then luckily you know the, the medicine wore off, and I was like, what was I thinking? Get back to it, you know. But if I had a partner in crime, then you know I would have the luxury of you know um, falling ill or moving to a new state. Yeah, if, I was gonna say if it was a partner in crime, I would just out of I would interview you to laugh at the fact you were so sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> We're doing Katie today. You have to listen. She's really this sick. <laughs> Wasted on Benadryl. Let's pick her brain. <laughs> That's what she's going to say under the influence of Benadryl. Oh, <laughs> All of those secrets. <laughs> I would expect nothing less out of you, Suzanne. So that, uh, I'm glad you're living up to my expectations. What are friends for, right? <laughs> So, uh, so Kaja, your your first novel you published uh, in March of 2015. So it's still relatively new. It's not even quite a, a year old. It's called Stealing Time. So, uh, so if if you wouldn't mind, maybe just talk about the book a little bit. Uh, maybe even start with anybody who's 
anybody who's uh, either hasn't read the book or they're hearing about it right now for the very first time on this podcast, uh, what would you like them to, to know about the book? Well, okay. It's um, it actually published as an ebook in December and then paperback in March. Okay. Um, but it is a time travel thriller set in 2004, Florida, where that summer, and I happen to have moved there. This is kind of what inspired the story. I moved there, and all these hurricanes hit in six <laughs> four major hurricanes. So that's the setting Goodness. of the story. Um, it starts off with Ronnie and her best friend Stephanie, who's from Scotland, and they're trying to figure out what to do during the storm. And um, Ronnie gets invited to go to her boyfriend's weather lab. And during the storm, she ends up going back in time to 1752 London and uh, is in a mad rush to figure out how to get out of there because the people there in that time period don't treat women very well. Women are um, objects of ownership. Um, They're not respected at all. And the fact that she's a modern woman that kind of stands up for herself gets her into a lot of trouble. Uh, they think that she is a witch because she's kind of weird. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they end up, uh, you know, it's this whole battle of her trying to figure out how she got there, how to get home, how to, like, stay alive long enough to figure any of these other things out. Meanwhile, the other half of the story is Stephanie, um, who is uh, in the middle of the hurricane. She ends up having to go outside in the middle of the storm for something I won't tell you, but it, it ends up being this, you know, storm damage, you know, hurricane kind of story. So it's the contrast between back in time, bad things happening, and in the current time, bad things happening uh, that bring it together. And it's like an extreme weather, 1752 (laughs) combination. So if you like historical fiction, if you Mm -hmm. like time travel, if you like science fiction, um, if you like thrillers, it's all there. It's got a little bit of everything. And the, the, I think the thing that struck me the most was the historical fiction aspect of it, that uh, you do go back to 18th century London. Yes. And uh, and for me, I, 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 well, on the one hand, I, I don't read a lot of historical fiction, but even when I think about it, it's very intimidating to me. Like, I, you know, the, I, I don't, I, you know, whatever, not only the, the research involved, but how I would go about, um, you know, creating a world and making it feel real and authentic. For me, that's very intimidating. So I wonder how, how you felt about that, how you approached it. Was it something that you just didn't, didn't even occur to you that so, like a writer like myself would be intimidated by historical fiction? Well, looking back, I think it was a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I've, I've been told that a lot of people... I think that that's the best part of the book is the is the the research I did to make that world real, and I did uh, I paid editors to to fix a lot of the Americanisms that I throw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I, I've read so many historical fiction things that it just fascinates me to think about living in that time period. So that was kind of a, an important premise for me is to feel to make a modern person feel like what it would be like back then. Not that you were born in that time, but then that all these things seem foreign to you. So that's a concept that I've always kind of been fascinated with. And that's where the time travel element kind of came in to bring people back. You know, what's it like mm-hmm. to be a woman in that time period? Well, it kind of sucks. <laughs> what I found out from the research and just, you know, just in general, you, yeah. you're lacking all of your, you know, your modern conveniences. But if you're treated like a third world citizen or even an animal, it's it's kind of hard to imagine what your life would be like. It certainly isn't your choice. You don't get to pick what you want to do. You get pushed into these things. So um, that was part of it. But it was a lot of work. You know, I wrote the story and I was like, yeah, this is great. And then I had beta readers. Suzanne was one of my beta readers and a few other people. And they're like, you know, people don't um, 
throw chamber pots out of the windows at a manor house. It's only <laughs> in London. I'm like, what? You know, how would I know these things? So that's when I, it was very good advice. And it certainly was the reason that it took me, you know, an extra two or three months to get that novel published. Because I did, I realized I did have a lot more research to do. I thought I had done a lot, which mm-hmm. I had. But there was a lot more to it. And um, partway through, I was totally kicking myself, like, why did I write this? <laughs> she could have gone back to last Tuesday. That would have been fine. <laughs> but I enjoy, when I when I think about the story, and, I, and a lot of the comments that I get is that, that that part was brought to life in a way that made people feel like they were there. And it you know gives you a little escape to be somewhere different. So That's great. And it's the first book of a of series, so I, I assume you're working on book two right now. Yes, I'm working on book two. Book two is so much fun to write. Um, I've I actually it started off as one lot, giant book. Mm-hmm. So this is really I've had a lot of this written for a while, and to be stuck on the first half of the you know the first book, finishing it up, editing, and making all those changes, I wasn't doing any of the creative like new idea and generation and and actual writing of things. So mm-hmm. it's really fun for me to get back to that. And Suzanne is one of my. Biggest cheerleader. She's trying to get me to get, you know, all this podcasting and social media ing and all these things, um, parenting, you know, right. get in the way. She's really pushing me, you know, write every day, make sure that that's your focus. The podcast isn't why you're here. You're a writer. So she's been really good at helping me. That's just great. Because I really want to get this out by next spring. Um, that might just be a complete joke. When, when this airs in January, I might be like, that's <laughs> just not going to happen. But that's my. I've already set up my editor. For February, so I have goals to just see if I make them. Well, that's good. And do you have any uh, any any sort of forethought in terms of um, how many books you would like to have in the series? Uh, do you have a? Is there sort of is there some sort of ending down the line that you kind of imagine, or is it the kind of series that you can write for as long as you feel like writing it? Well, for this particular series, Stealing Time series, there's three books. And I know where the end is. But the cool thing about it is that the time travel mechanism and the world that I've kind of created of how it works and, and how it chooses where to place you back in time and that kind of thing, that I'm thinking could be another series with different characters and different scenarios and maybe future, maybe back, you know, different things. So I'm not going to say that I will continue it. I might. Um, I think i got to see how successful these three books are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people really like the characters, you know, like Diana Gabaldon, and she's one of the reasons that I started writing. She did the Outlander series. She, you know, keeps writing books and the same characters, and people love that. So if there's if there's a push from you know the the market, the target market, I'm hopefully getting myself into to continue with the characters, then I'll listen to that. If there's you know they just like the writing and want me to write different things, um, I'll probably pursue similar technology in uh, a different setting, different people, just to mix it up for myself, make it, you know, new challenge. Yeah, no, that's really smart. That's really smart. Uh, and, and Suzanne, you also have a, well, you published your first book in a, in a October. Uh, it's called The Rejected Writers Book Club. It's also the, the first book uh, of a series. So, uh, um, so for again, for anybody who's listening to this podcast right now who either hasn't read it is hearing about it for the very first time, what would you like those uh, listeners to know about uh, about your book? It's actually the complete opposite to KJ's. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, so if you like her writing, you may not like mine. Now, mine, <laughs> mine's set in small town America, you know, and it's, a, it's about, well, I'll tell you how, what I got the idea was. 
I love to turn things on their head. And, you know, I would talk to writers and they would talk about their rejection letters in like hushed tones, like it was something <laughs> really embarrassing. And, you know, they wouldn't talk about their rejections. And I remember I went to one guy and he was doing a he was doing a reading and he just emptied all his rejection letters onto the table. And I thought that was so cool <laughs> that he was so proud of his journey. You know, because look at all these people that said no. And these people said yes. You know, and mm-hmm. I was like. Wow, he doesn't care that he got rejected, whereas everyone I spoke to really had that kind of negative view about rejection because of what it sounds like. So I thought, you know what, wouldn't it be fun to have a group of women whose job is to be rejected? And so the basic, the premise of the story is they're a book group and all they do is collect rejection letters. So they send out their work hoping they will get a rejection letter because they're making a huge, like, you know, scrapbook of all the rejection letters they ever got. So that was kind of the premise for the, for the story. And the, the comedic com- characters came out of it. I wanted to write about small town because I live in a small town and I love it. And um, it just became what it became. I mean, I had no idea it was going to be so well received. <laughs> Honestly, that <laughs> might sound weird to people, but it's like I had no idea that anyone would enjoy it but me. But they really <laughs> did. You know, it was, it's been really well. And as I said, it got picked up by uh, Late Union Publishing, which is an um, imprint of Amazon. Which, which is amazing. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, because Amazon Publishing. I mean, it's if you know, there. That's it's got it's it's one of the primary places that you would want to land as an author because because uh, on the one hand, Amazon. I mean, at this point, even though they're not exclusively a bookstore, they're basically the you know the, the biggest bookstore in the world is Amazon, and so then yeah. to, to beyond that, for them to have a you know a, a publishing wing to to what they're doing. Then you know, then you have you know this uh, this direct access to both the uh, the publishing and and this huge you know this huge bookstore. So so that's that's yeah. really amazing. But you but you started as a, a, a you know, as, as an indie author. Am I correct? Oh yeah, totally. and that, and I had the funny thing was it, we both talk about this KJ and I because I never wanted to be published. I was quite happy being indie. I never wanted to be traditionally published. And she always had this dream of maybe one day being traditionally published. Mm -hmm. So we always joke because I'm the one that ended up getting traditionally published. (laughs) And she's still an indie author. Not that I'm saying she won't be traditionally published when somebody gets hold of her great book. But it's like, it was funny that I totally came from that place. And so when I actually got the offer through, I wasn't even sure I was going to take it. I was like, I don't know if I want to even take this. I love being an indie author. You know, it's a community. I I don't want to step out and become somebody different you know it was like it was quite weird and the the funniest thing for me about that was like the week before she got the offer we're just sitting chatting you know we have these conversations about podcasts and whatever and she's like i am so happy that i am an uh, indie author i love the freedom this is amazing and then the next week we're on the phone hey Oh my god! I got this email. What is it? Oh my god! I got an offer. I was like, wait, <laughs> it was such a contrast. Uh, and the reality, I honestly, I went back and forth. I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to take it. And my and so I emailed a friend of mine who's an agent, and she was like, take it. Amazon, <laughs> <laughs> oh, take it. <laughs> That's a f- and she's your agent now, right, Andrea Hurst? Yes, my agent now. Yeah, we be- she became my agent literally then at that moment because she said. <laughs> Let me agent you so I can get you a good deal. And she did. She did That's it, right? Funny. The easiest uh, sell of her career. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's the sale of a and she only really she loves she's she's worked in the publishing for a long time, but she actually now she really only looks for Amazon people that come through Amazon because Amazon I know that people some people are going to hate this but they're an incredible company to work for. Mm-hmm. They are great with their authors. They are known for being you know they pay very quickly. You don't have to wait a long time to be you know paid and things and so and they as you said they have this huge marketing sling that gets behind your book. Mm-hmm. That you could never, you know, invent. For, you could never do for yourself, just because you just don't have the numbers, you know. Yeah. So, are you outside, Suzanne? No, but I'm. I'm. Can you hear my fire? I was cold. So I went to the fire. <laughs> Is that what <laughs> fire? Hear? It sounds like wind on the mic. Yeah, it's it's my like it's a little fire. It's got, You're yeah. so cute. She's so cozy. <laughs> I'll move. That's adorable. Uh, but but Suzanne, I was going to say I've had the opportunity to to talk to a couple of um, Amazon authors on the show, uh, specifically authors published through Amazon for any, but just to make the distinction for anybody, and um, and and you've basically echoed everything that they said that that the you know Amazon's publishing wing that they're amazing to work with that the that they pay um, consistently and quickly that uh, that they have a very um, uh, open relationship with the authors where the authors that I've talked to had a lot of input in terms of. You know, like the the cover and the, and the editing and the and the final story and and the, that they were, it was it was a lot. It was a very much a collaboration where I've heard other horror stories not connected to Amazon, but just stories of authors where, you know, they got a book deal, and it was like they didn't even get to pick the the title of their book. You know, um, right. so it sounds like you know uh, everything that I've heard about Amazon, you're enjoying that that same experience. Yeah, well, I think that's what I've heard too. I mean, I obviously I haven't been approached by the big five, but I've just heard that that that's the case. Is it's just a different experience, you know? You often you all you get is that you know that advance, and then you take it and run, you mm-hmm. know. But it's not like that with Amazon. They are very ongoing, you know. And they they sent me a Christmas card. I mean, it's oh, so goodness. cute, you know. It's so I love it. I'm like, oh, cool. I got it's my team. That's fun. <laughs> and now did, did uh, now did they specifically buy the uh, the rejected writers book club? They they bought this one with, and I actually think that with a with a chance of, of picking up the rights to all three because okay. it's actually a series okay. of three. That was the impression uh, I had. Yeah, they, that that was kind of I think that's their long term view. Though they only picked up the first book to start with, but right now, I mean, so far we're getting some good. Like I was just telling KJ, we just found out that you know we got another sale. They just emailed me to say that somebody else is interested in picking up the rights, which is great. So everything like that is going to help um, push forward you know, the, the opportunity for me to work with them again and get the next book out with them, which would be great. You know, as I say, it's been a very good experience. I'd be happy to do that again. I have a question for you. You have a production company, Goody Two Shoes. Oh, okay, Jason. No, I love it. This is, I love having a co-host. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so. I'll let you guys get a great co-host. No, this is a good point. Would you consider producing your own book into a movie? Oh, I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, that's partly why, you know, I actually uh, did. I did that was because I thought if I can write this as a book, because I knew. Okay, so here's the thing. This is a little bit behind the scenes with Hollywood. Um, because my protagonist is over the age of 35, shall we say, Mm -hmm. and because a lot of my protagonist, a lot of the women in the story are over the age of, you know, 35, trying to get something like that in Hollywood produced from from a script, like going and and, and pitching a producer, would be very challenging just because 
They're, that is not what they like to, you know, that's not what they like to push. They're putting millions of dollars in. You, somebody they don't know. It's a story that isn't trustable because it's not got any kind of track record in the mm-hmm. industry. Um, would be very challenging. However, the only exception to that rule is if you, ha- you become an incredibly best-selling author. Because you already have a platform, there is already ways they can go with that. So you have a really best-selling book. You go out then to Hollywood with a script and show them your numbers and you talk about your platform. Then you have a much higher chance of getting that made into a movie. But from the other way around, it's very challenging. It's very difficult to do that. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it seems you know, uh, and you know, and I'm I'm just you know a, a fan of movies, but from the outside looking in, it appears that the the greatest sin a woman can uh, commit in Hollywood is turning 25. Oh yeah, it is totally. Yeah, isn't it it's weird? Isn't it? Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, especially with you know, like uh, I, I I know that um, you know she's kind of kind of the go to, but you know Meryl Streep, you know she's only getting better. And uh, and it just kind of stands to reason that anybody, especially any, anybody who's creative, and is is an, engaged and committed to their craft, is only going to get better as they get older. Um, and she, and yet, she talked about because getting witch parts. Did you read that quote? She said she turned thirty five, and suddenly she was getting scripts about witches and hags. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. I did not see that. She's a cool lady, a big advocate for female writers. So, yeah, I'm, I love Meryl Streep. Yeah. So let's fit her into your book. Which character does she fit, Suzanne? Well, she could be any of them, couldn't she? Because she, could, she could play anybody. Yeah. She, could play, she could play like a guy. She probably has played a guy. She couldn't play Flora, probably, because Flora. Nah. Flora. I, think, I think she played Bob Dylan. I feel like that's she, true. She played, she played Bob Dylan, for goodness sake. Yeah. Was it her? Versatile. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, so 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 back to the uh, Blondie and the Brit. So so you guys have a, a great podcast, but you're also uh, individually successful as authors. You're you're doing a, a wonderful balancing act of of nurturing your individual writing careers, but also tending to the podcast. But I also know, like from from my own experience, that uh, while I while I you know tend to my own writing career, that I do very much want to you know continue to nurture the podcast, and I want to see it succeed and i would be thrilled beyond words if uh if you know my podcast you know what was was you know uh just a, a huge success so going forward you guys you know what's the what's what's kind of the game plan in terms of you know um continuing to, to work on the podcast make it good is this something that you know you see yourselves doing for for years and years to come or will there come a point where if uh if, if it just doesn't uh feel fun you'll just stop or what what's what's the uh philosophy going forward do you want to talk about KJ? You, you tackle that one. I'll, I'll add to it. Well, she's actually, KJ's actually coming up in, here in February, and we are going to be doing our yearly plan because we actually do want to build on the brand, you know. I mean, I, I don't know whether you've had this experience, Martin, but and I don't know, even KJ and I haven't even talked about this, but sometimes, I mean, we, you talk and you put the podcast out, and you just have this, does anyone actually listen? Actually- <laughs> Every I mean, week I have that feeling. You see all these people hitting, you go, wow, we have like nearly 6,000 hits. Is that right, KJ, right now? It's like The hits is like 27,000 people have hit the, the feed. The people have listened is um, over almost 7,000. That's wonderful. Seven, almost 7,000 in two months. And we're like, 
who are these people? It's like, it's so hard <laughs> to me, you know, and what we want to do is just keep building that, you know, as much as we can to support indie authors. So we will keep going while it's still working for us. You, you actually, you cage that very nicely while it's still, you know, there was a time back when in August last year when I had two things take off at the same time where KJ and I had a conversation. You think you're going to be able to go forward and we weren't sure. And, you know, and um, it, it really would be dependent on if one of our careers suddenly did take off whether we had the time as you know it takes time to do this but we would love to keep going right KJ as long as we could as far as it was working yeah yeah and we kind of had a backup plan that you know Suzanne became so busy and all the different projects that she has that I could do she could still be blonding the Brit but I could have a co-host come in on the weeks that she wasn't able to so like I wanted to keep it going and she would still stay in touch with it so that's a definitely possibility it may morph into other things we also have um, a five-year plan that we're also we're going to be working on, but it, it's a branding of Blondie and the Brit. So it it that will probably end up doing some books, ebooks about, um, you know, how, Blondie and Blind the Brit on Twitter, Blondie and the Bit on Brit on Facebook, kind of sharing some of the things that we've learned from all these authors that we've interviewed. Um, also, bigger than that, we have all kinds of plans that we will not reveal at this moment. <laughs> Because we don't know what they are. <laughs> well, you're right. They're seeds that might grow into a beautiful tree or a weed. We don't know yet. And, you know, you have to respond to the audience. At the moment, we're still building the audience. So it's once we start with really gauging the audience, then we'll keep we'll start responding in the way that they want, mm-hmm. you know, we see them responding. When we get more than nine people following our newsletter, then we'll know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, I, I love the, I love the idea of uh, of maybe occasionally having a fill in host. So I'm 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 going to throw my hat into the ring because I, oh. I would love the opportunity to to be a to be a substitute co host on Blondie and the Brit one of these days. So should hey, that day are you come, British please, or are you blonde? Because we have some requirements. <laughs> I I will I, I I listen. I I am the Meryl Streep of podcasting. So. <laughs> So whatever you need, I, I will be a blonde for uh, for a half hour. I will do a terrible British accent for a half hour. Whatever it is that you need from me. Oh my gosh, that's too funny! I I want to go away just to hear that that interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's really good to have that that thrown into that because you know we just don't know what's going to happen. And I think it's interesting too to mix it up a little bit. Maybe you and Suzanne do an episode. Well. Even if I'm just, you know, want to go write my book or something. But to have a mixture. But I think this year we're trying to be really focused on just creating who we are. Definitely. And then maybe two, we'll be branching out into, you know, just mixing it up for our listeners, too, to have a different voice, a different way to ask questions, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, I think you guys are – you're approaching everything really, really – Really smart, and I'm, I'm really like I said, I'm a fan of the show. In fact, just like five minutes ago, like while you guys were talking, and there's like the banter between you, I forgot that I was in the conversation with you. Like, for, there was there was a moment where I thought I was sitting here listening to Blondie and the Brit, and then I remembered that uh, that you know I was I was actually in a conversation with you, and I had to actually make sure I kept talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that that we've made you feel comfortable in our yeah, pod, it's a, it's a very show. this is a, it's it's a very fun and it's a it's a very fun surreal uh, uh, a thing to be sort of you know engaged with uh, with with podcasters who normally my relationship with you guys is I have uh, is you know is I'm sitting on the couch uh, eating candy and, uh, and and listening and so now I'm doing that except I actually have the opportunity that most listeners don't have which is I can actually engage and uh, and, and talk back to you. I mean, I talk back to you guys all the time. You just never hear me. But this time, 
this time you can actually hear me. Why didn't you ask this question? <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah, because he's a podcast, you know, like sitting there with his sheet, you know, chick kicking it off. They didn't ask that question. I wouldn't have asked that question. <laughs> I have to tell you, though, Martin, when we first started out, it took us a while to figure out who was going to ask the question and mm-hmm. how we were going to do that because there's two of us. You oh, know, yeah. and so it took us two or three, I don't know, a little while, right, KJ, before we actually figured out what worked for us. Yeah, probably about five episodes. We finally decided that it was a good way to split it. Like, I asked the first five and she asked the next five or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because it ended up being, like, she'd ask a question, then I'm like, is she done? Is she going to ask another one? Is the other guy going to talk? It just ended up being very stressful and kind of, like, discombobulated. So to have a chunk where she does and then I can, you know, put in my comments in between and then vice versa. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, KJ, Suzanne, Blondie, and the Brit, we're going to go ahead and wrap up, but not because I'm not having a blast, but because uh, you guys have been terribly generous with your time. Because as we referenced before, uh, you, you guys were kind enough to have me on your podcast about five minutes ago. So the, <laughs> the, the three of us have been sitting here gabbing, having a good time for approaching three hours. It doesn't even <laughs> feel like it. But uh, <laughs> but just for the sake of letting you guys get on with your life, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up. But um, but if I have anything to say about it, and luckily my name is on is in the title of the show, this won't be your last time on the show. So I very much look forward to having Blondie and the Brit back on the Martin Strap Show podcast hour. Great, thank you. We look forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, best of luck both with the with the books, with the screenplays, and uh, in particular, uh, best of luck with the uh, the Blondie and the Brit podcast. Thank you so much, Martin. You're very, very welcome. Thanks, Martin. Well, there you have it. There you have it. That was my conversation with Blondie and the Brit, KJ Waters and Suzanne Kelman. Uh, I know I don't have to ask. I know that you guys enjoyed that because if you didn't enjoy that conversation, then quite frankly, I don't know what else to do for you. Uh, Just as a reminder, next week on episode 104, I'm going to share my conversation with Blondie and the Brit that we did specifically for their show. But remember, the the conversation I did for their show, they had to, you know, they had to edit it down to about 40 minutes, you know, because of time constraints. Uh, So what I'm going to do next week on episode 104 is I'm going to share the the complete extended, unedited and I, sus- I suppose uncensored version. I don't, uh, frankly, I, I don't, I don't necessarily remember if uh, anything that w- was said that needed to be censored. But if that's the case, then uh, you know, it's, fuck it, it's going to be uncensored. So there, you, there you have it. So that'll be next week. So it'll be two solid weeks of Blondie and the Brit on the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. Uh, and I promise, if you enjoyed the conversation you just heard, then you'll definitely enjoy the conversation that you're going to hear on episode 104 next week. Now, if uh, if you're not already subscribed to the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour on iTunes, I highly recommend you do it. It's easy and it's free and it's convenient. And quite frankly, it would put a smile on my face. I'd appreciate it. If you're not an iTunes listener, you can always catch the show on Stitcher Radio, which you'll find at stitcher.com. Again, it's free and it's convenient. And if neither of those options work for you, you can always listen the old-fashioned way by going to the official website of the podcast, which we'll, which you'll find at martinlestrapsshow.com. All 103 episodes are available to you, and starting next week, 
all 104 episodes are going to be available to you. So uh, so go ahead and uh, you know check out the show. And if you're new to the program, like I suspect, there's, there's a very high probability that there's a, a good number of Blondie and the Brit fans who, uh, who are checking out this episode specifically because they are Blondie and the Brit fans, but this is your first time listening to my particular podcast, then uh, then I encourage you to go backwards and listen to some of the previous episodes. Um, if, if, if specifically you like author episodes, just go through and find uh, the episodes that I've done with authors and listen to those. Um, if you're interested in writing, I've done several episodes where I just specifically talk about uh, writing in, in uh, some form or fashion. If you like episodes with professional wrestlers, I've got some of those too. So, uh, uh, and, and, and if you just like what you hear in general, then go to the beginning, go to episode one, origin story. That's the name of the episode. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, listen to the next 103 episodes consecutively. That you know, might take you a few days since that would be roughly 103 hours, but, um, I think you can do it. What would that take you? Four or five days, something like that. I think you have it in you. So anyway, that's going to do it for the podcast this week. I want to thank all of you for joining me again. Uh, and I want to thank my guests, Blondie and the Brit, KJ Waters and Suzanne Kelman. And I look forward to meeting you all right back here again next week for episode 104. So until next time, I will see you on the other side. Hey, 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 hey.